Hello everybody, welcome to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. There's a little bit of a new beginning intro there that I was really like sort of unsure about because uh, it had obviously Kyle uh, doing some news. Uh, so so we kind of were, were told about that last minute, so there you go. So we usually like play a song, so it's a little bit weird, isn't it, Riggy? We just, we just got fr- thrown in right at the deep end there because we're just kind of like, oh, there's no song and hello, welcome. So yes, uh, welcome to uh, Mentally Samurai here on Gravity Radio Northeast. I am, of course, Stephen Hesse, your host for this very program. And for those that haven't listened to this before, this is what show are we on now, Ricky? I do think you is know? It 15? Is it 15? 15. I wow, think it might be, 15. Might be a four, 14, 15, yeah. something like that. Um, I know we've done 12 because we've had our one year anniversary. Which, right. So yeah, I think it's 15. 15 I think, yeah, because yeah. we've had two since the anniversary yeah. show. So yeah. yeah, so pretty cool. So I guess, uh, which is usually the first question I ask uh, my, my my obviously fun co-host, Mr. Ricky, is how are you being? <laughs> Not be, I've been all right. <laughs> <laughs> you almost said, you almost I said there, cons- I haven't been. I had been. to consider it carefully. <laughs> yeah, though, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I've not been, like yeah. as if you were going to go, I've not been well at all, actually, Stephen, come to think of it. But you're allowed, you're allowed to be Considering honest, Considering I saw you at the start of the week, you know. Yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, you know, the week can only go off at a certain trajectory after that. <laughs> <laughs> a certain trajectory? <laughs> what What could you possibly mean? Um, but yeah, so... Uh, as any How t- are you anyway? I'm all right, yeah, I'm all right, man. Like, um, I'll be honest, because it's mentally sound, and I think I believe we are, and if those listen to my podcast, I'm... Or, any, or anything I do, I'm, I'm, I feel like I have an honest streak in me is that um, I've had a very hard month. Um, mm. I guess there's a lot of personal stuff going on in my life, obviously stuff I won't get into in too much detail but the main thing is uh my my um my sick benefit being renewed oh, yeah. soon which um for those actually who listened to the show where we had was it what was the guy's name was it david who was steve's um was it, steve's was it david i don't know off the top of my head Steve, was it david steve the the, the guy who steven Weatherburn. Steve Weatherburn. sorry yeah i should know that because he had the same name as me um but yeah he um <laughs> he had <laughs> built laughing at me in the background um yeah so he did his atos healthcare and he basically if you listen back to that particular show you can mm. you maybe sort of hear in my voice an element of like worry because it was a similar situation to me mm. and that i'm my atos healthcare well potentially i'll have to deal with them and with my um with my uh, sick benefit being renewed soon so mm. that is a worry but i'm trying not to uh luckily the people behind the scenes in the show have really talk about your about podcast on support. monday that was fun yeah we should mention that actually i, I was i completely forgot that but um yeah we did um because one of the things that was kind of cool was we should also mention that we got where i went to a award ceremony because we got yeah. nominated which i can't say much more because i'm going to ruin the story that i'll be revealing later but all is not what it seems and it's do, a hell of a do, story do, listeners do 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 us uh, indeed in yeah that. and uh, the reason uh, it's good that ricky mentioned that podcast is because ricky and steve who's on later who does mental health news is on my podcast uh, we talked for ages about a number of different things, in particular Steve's life, and I've had a great response from it. Mm-hmm. It's a really good podcast, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed doing it. We did it at Broadacre, so huge thank you the to fact Alistair. That, the fact that we could talk about such topics and you know have yeah, like, discussion and laugh, laugh in it as well. Yeah, I've been joking with Ricky that uh, when I did the iTunes tags for that particular yeah, show, the right, fact that like right. if anyone read them tags and I like it had abuse, depression, addiction, <laughs> uh, and then I'm going no one, no one in their right mind would click on this podcast randomly and go well this is gonna be a laugh track of uh, of funness but um we laughed about everything and that's kind of the point it's similar to this show exactly. is that um we try and be entertaining and uh, like we are now we're just kind of having a, a rapport with each other because that's kind of 
the point is to show that we're capable human beings regardless if we have mental health or not and mm. um, that's kind of the point so and mm. um, i recommend that podcast because the story i just mentioned about the award ceremony I, I do the full version so if you want to hear the full version of that story which is funny <laughs> got a nice feedback about people saying it was hilarious listening to that kind of story made me wishing a little way that um, i joined you for that yeah yeah exactly yeah that was your response wasn't it yeah. which is kind of fun but it's there you go yeah yeah um so i will obviously yeah it's a little bit of a tease bill that's why so you know uh so hopefully it'll get people uh, kept people uh keep listening but yeah in terms of what's coming up in the show and as you see you'll have uh, bill in the background so we'll make sure uh we get to him because i promised him uh in terms of what's coming up in today's show as i mentioned we'll obviously talk about the award ceremony mental health news with steve that's on the second hour uh we have lucy and sheila from pass it on parents which is a platform for vulnerable children they also have a drop-in center so they're going to talk about that that's coming up soon I also have a couple of pre-records from the award ceremony from the Service yep. User Awards. Uh, I speak to uh, Mick, who was one of the judges who nominated us mm-hmm. uh, for the award, so that's coming up later. As well as uh, the the other pre-record, which I'm going to play to you at the end of this sec- segment, which is with Alice from NHS England, which is basically talking about um, how they're going to get more information about mental health to people from the young generation. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really interesting because obviously you know that's something the NHS gets criticised size four and i actually asked her that directly and she gave a very interesting answer um so that's really cool and a bunch of other stuff which we'll get into i'll obviously keep mentioning this throughout the show but uh, anything else you want to add ricky before we carry on i'm just looking forward to this show i mean it's always fun when you see a green room full of guests and everyone getting on it just makes for a all looking lost yeah. that was the usual case this <laughs> <laughs> is people going and going oh we found the right place yeah. also i found it really cute and i mean this really sincerely and they're probably going to hear me in the green room but one of the particular guests came yeah. up to me and said is it okay to take pictures out the window and i'm like as far as i'm aware it's a free country <laughs> you know i'm sitting here going no it's not it's not okay in fact get out like you know i'm not going to say that you know it's a free it's a you've this is okay radio north korea Anyway, um, as we said, as I mentioned, uh, and I've not even mentioned the full uh, the full amount of people on, we've got a huge show to come up with. But before we get to that, and I guess Ricky, if you want to come this over here, so then sure. give Bill the give give Bill his his own microphone is uh, Bill Scott, who is uh, quite a quite a long running contributor to this show, and he's he's done some uh, segments and stuff before, um, kind of behind the scenes guy, and uh, he has some stuff he wants to talk about. So I started to give him a few minutes because I'm that kind of guy. Uh, so hello, Bill. That's very kind. Only cost me um, if you mind just well. leaning into the mic, obviously get yourself okay. get yourself uh, get yourself settled. Yeah. Right, um, thank you. Cool. So um, guess first of all because oh, I'm trying to remember last time you were on. It was quite a while. Um, it was on the first show, and then I've contributed stuff, recorded yes. stuff since then. Yeah. Yes, you did some pre-records that I yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, so, how have you been since then? I guess. I mean, I know that's a very <laughs> that's a very long-winded answer, being a several months. But in a nutshell, well, how some, are things? Some been? of that will come out in what I've got to say here. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, go uh, for it. I'd just like to thank you for the new surname in the background. I think it's a very good surname. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> <The> reference. <laughs> no one's going to get that reference. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, uh, there's uh, three main areas I'd like to um, discuss, okay. if, if you don't mind. One, of to, one of them is to do with Mental Health Awareness Week, which, as you know, yes. is happening next week. So yes, indeed. Starting on Monday. Of course, yeah. yeah. And I'm being a bit specific here about South Tyneside, which is where I'm based. Mm-hmm. I work for Mental Health Matters uh, as well as doing other stuff. And I'm part of the Happiness Wellbeing Network, which is um, a group of third sector organisations, statutory sector, and we all somehow work together. Mm-hmm. Very, very successful network, basically. Cool. So, uh, we've got a range of events. I'll try and keep this short. Of course, yeah. On Monday, we're starting off at 10 o'clock at the 
uh, Cleden Park Library. Cleden Park I like because it gives me a speech impediment every time I say it. Cleden Park. <laughs> um, and that's uh, that's the start of the week with the mayor launching it and we've got all loads and loads of um, stores, information mm-hmm. events on all aspects of mental health and well-being. Cool. Uh, the, that afternoon we've got an arts workshop with Arts for Wellbeing uh, who are predominantly learning disability arts kind of thing. But cool. I think on that afternoon anybody can join in. Um, anybody wants to know anything about this, they can, they can contact me. Um, How did they contact you? Just uh, oh, yes, good question. That. Exactly, so yeah. Phil. Uh, yeah. yeah, you could you shout that from the Time Bridge. <laughs> yeah, and just, uh, you've got your own Batman logo, haven't you? So just, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking find you that way. Alter- alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, we could have uh, 07-856-212-564. Cool. Wow, an actual, right. an actual Tuesday, number. I think you might find interesting. Okay. Uh, you two look, chaps look like you're budding dancers. Yeah. <laughs> How did there's you, been rumors? Yeah. Who told you? <laughs> well, there's a wonderful guy called Michael who's a teacher at Epinay School, mm-hmm. and he's a dance teacher. He's been doing dance workshops and all sorts of things for ages. So he's was going to use a dance city. You were telling me before. Yeah, you'd yeah. be coming to there. Uh, yeah, in yeah. it's either the end of this month or early next. Mm-hmm. He's doing a special event there. Mm-hmm. He's actually got funding. Does anybody remember what funding was? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it was that thing in the old times yeah. that you yeah. used to get. But yeah. um, <laughs> people used to use money then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A vulgar. You have really. to look in the yeah. encyclopedia. Money? Yeah. Money? Does anyone <laughs> tell me what that is? <laughs> so yeah, um, he's come up with this great. He's got funding to do um, various workshops with men um, called Hit the Ground, mm-hmm. and it's about working with men with mental health um, problems. And if they can't dance themselves, the they can actually work with some professional dancers and who would who will you know, interpret what mm-hmm. they're going through. That's cool. Um, we'll be doing some stuff with uh, the Townside Recovery College with Michael as well. Um, cool. So you know, this is very much ongoing. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed you telling me about that in the green room, and I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're also going to be doing it in Durham Prison, which could be even more interesting. <laughs> kind of like that uh, viral video then people um, people in orange was it in Thailand or something where they were doing the Jackson thriller oh, yeah yeah have you seen that viral video no I haven't. there's a viral video of um, a bunch of prisoners in a Thailand prison doing uh-huh. the the thriller zombie <laughs> dance thing all in a they, all in the yard a one, like a choreographed routine it's really hilarious that sounds intriguing yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. it's a really it's a like famous viral yeah, video it's yeah. really funny but yeah it's a pretty prince got taken out allegedly yeah right on the afternoon of Tuesday, we've got uh, a black dog workshop, which is something I developed with uh, a, a colleague out of an animator's work, an Australian animator guy, um, whose stuff's on YouTube, and mm-hmm. it's very, very powerful. When we work with people, a very, you know, very uh, supportive network uh, environment, rather. It, we've done lots of really good stuff in terms of depression, mm-hmm. helping people deal with it. Uh, good example of that was the 35-year-old woman who said, "You know, I'm 85. I've been married. I've had kids." So why is this depression picking on me? Why is it picking on me? Eh? And um, it didn't go any deeper than that because she got to understand what she was dealing with. And a year later, it hadn't got in there, which kind of shows you when you're young and you've got all this stuff hitting you, stuff goes in way deep, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Good point. Uh, I see you got about like a minute left. At oh, sorry. Bill, so just yeah. Wednesday, we've got, well, anybody can find out. We've got uh, what used to be the uh, Taunton Therapy Service, now called Lifestyle. Uh, life cycle, rather. It's a clean park. We've got hate crime and mate crime. Uh, we've got stress busting workshop, which is really cool. s- some very powerful uh, uh, meditation going on there. I need to go to that. 
And, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, it's meditation. I was, I was thinking yeah. maybe a punch bag or something. Yeah. I've actually yeah. a friend of mine about meditation. I'm actually quite intrigued in it. And we have a lot of walks going on that week yeah. uh, from Whitburn, Cleden and blah, 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 blah. Cool. Right. Just a quick plug here yeah, for, for something happening at the Gateshead Clubhouse, which mm-hmm. is a place we all love. It's called Being Well, Staying Well. It's an open day, and it's to do with um, services available to carers and their families, and to do with mental health. And it's in, run in conjunction with Crossroads Carer Services, who are amazing. That's Wednesday, 29th of June, 11 till 3, at Gateshead Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, moving quickly on, can I just get a plug-in for yeah, my... Yeah, very quickly, if you yeah, can, yeah. Uh, the ADHD support group for adults, northeast East, is, uh, keeps expanding. Mm-hmm. I've got something happening on Monday. It's at Nick's at 6 o'clock which runs until we drop, because we talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like this show, on we if we had a choice. On Wednesday night, we've got uh, we've now moved from the red light district into the university, which is a, a very good move, I feel, if we're doing that. An upgrade, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, we've got some workshops. We've got on top Broadacre of that, House next Wednesday. <laughs> say what? Sorry, I just said, I've made a silly joke. You said on top of that, and I went, do you say that? Did you, did you mean that? Oh, red light district. All puns intended. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. funds are intended, yeah. yeah. So we've got a workshop which will be happening on the next workshop. is next Wednesday from 1 to 3 at Broadacre House. Cool. And that's to do with adult ADHD. And, and we've got a lovely misspelling on the, on the prospectus, <laughs> which is people affected by the support group, which I think is lovely. Uh, they meet once a month and uh, we meet once a month. It's for people that know what uh, the daylight looks like. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's on Monday the 23rd from 12 to 2. Any of those things... If you want any information, ring 07856-212-564. Brilliant. It's all happening, Look in, at South, that. It's all happening in South Tanks, isn't it? I was, thinking, is he, I was thinking that. How is he going to wrap this up? And yeah. he did it just so beautifully. Yeah. That was just beautifully done. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. It's really nice to see you. Like, you should come on. You should, like I say, we'll, we'll dedicate an actual segment to you if you give us enough advance, oh, advance so, notice. That's so um, kind. But yes, uh, I'm, thank you, I'm, I'm grateful that I got an opportunity to give you some time. But yeah, that sounds really cool and keep up with good work. And it's nice mm-hmm. that you're involved in Launchpad because... Uh, I was just saying to the guys that I'm uh, potentially going to be more involved in it, so it's kind Brilliant. of good. So, yeah, um, I mean, Tyneside Recovery College yeah, is, is awesome. That, yeah, There's so many cool. things coming out of there. We had Sean Byrne on last night. And what's Bre- the situation like in South Tyneside? Are you, on general basis, are we, are we, are there more cuts happening there? Oh, oh, hell yeah. I mean, the, 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 the yeah, I think it's rather interesting when they call them austerity cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, more and more and more it's of those. It's good that you put in South Tyneside on the map. So well, we kind of started a while back, uh, sort of seeing what was c- coming along, and mm. you know, we share resources basically, which mm. is the only way you can survive these days. Sure. Cool. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you, gentlemen. No worries. It's very no worries, Bill. So you see, I think what we're going to do because uh, obviously, like as I said, Bill was a last minute addition. So I think what makes sense is that we actually just do go straight on to Lucy and Shelley if sure. they wouldn't mind coming in. Um, and we'll just we'll play the uh, we'll play the pre-record in a bit. Yeah, take a seat, guys. Uh, <laughs> we have come on. We haven't got all day now. I'm only I'm only I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I know I only just met you. That's really really inappropriate for me to be joking in this manner. Hi guys, sorry for be, being um, being a bit prompt, but um, Bill, who's a contributor to ours, we just added to the show last minute. So. Um, so yeah, we were going to do another section now, but we said that you would be two twenty, so it's two twenty. Um, so on. yeah, so just so I'm aware of, because you have one microphone, so just to let you guys know if you could pull it in, and we'll do like we'll, we'll say each, each individual name, and then you guys sort of talk, right? So um, just so that so I know who's who, who's Lucy and who's Sheila. I'm Sheila. Okay, and you're Lucy. I'm Lucy. 
How did I get that? Because you said Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> you must be Lucy then, unless, yeah. some, unless like my notes are completely wrong. Um, so yeah, you guys are from Pass It On Parents, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah? Yes. cool, awesome. Which is a platform for vulnerable children. Yeah. I'm well, told. well, parents of vulnerable. Children. Well, parents of vulnerable. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, of course, yes. That's what I meant. Yes, um, and yeah. So, so thanks, guys, for coming on. It's really, really nice to have you guys. Um, do you want to? Um, mention some stuff because obviously I know you, know, you, I know you guys let's go from um, the beginning so yeah, yeah, brilliant you know that you're here could you tell us more about Pass It On Parents how it started how it became how it evolved through the years well Pass It On Parents started a voluntary yeah. group mm-hmm. and somebody had the idea of um, asking for funding to make it um, so that we were supporting more families mm-hmm. what we do is we're all parents of disabled children right. and we believe that parent to parent support is um more important and uh, the parents prefer it really to hear um handy tips and any information from other carers so um so that's what we do we got funding there's um three of us work together and we support families in newcastle who have children with additional needs and um every year we get a new contract and the council fund Mm -hmm. us and they give us little jobs to do. Mm-hmm. And when they brought out personal budgets for all the families to mm-hmm. help fund mm-hmm. care for their disabled children, yeah. we were roped in to um, show the families how it's all done, how you employ PAs, how you find out about activities, clubs and support for your disabled children. Right. Right. So now we've gone from strength to strength and we have mm-hmm. coffee mornings we have, um, what else do we do? You've got to... We run So she looks at Lucy and goes, take over, take over. <laughs> what else do we well, do? Well, I was going to ask you... Wait, we ask our parents to mainly connect to each other when we run yes. the group. Uh-huh. So obviously we share information yeah, if you just want and to the ideas and also experience. Some parents being through the many years, they know how to, you know, the... Um, uh, use them budget and how they you know they employ them the PA and then they share together and mm-hmm. this all the information and they get it left with better so mm-hmm. obviously this is a, a, a people connect each other that mm-hmm. is very good for so them. the original goal was to be a support network as it were for yes. because is my understanding then before that there were a lot of concerned parents who didn't know where to go exactly or there weren't the services around exactly yeah. we we both have children with um autism actually right. yeah. and you get a diagnosis yeah. and then back 18 years ago when my son was diagnosed you were sort of left to it to find mm-hmm. out it's almost like everything for yourself yeah it's almost like you get told deal with it you know and that mm-hmm. kind of like kind of trying to think of the right sort of phrase but like in an almost like um you know lacking compassion sort of bite, type of way, bite, the, you know? bite the bullet and get on with it yeah yeah which yeah. which i guess yeah. you know i mean i guess if you look at things you know because um we're going to play an interview about about the nhs actually in, in, in soon um and i often we we are very careful not to criticize the nhs too much in particular because i would say the individuals that work there it's not mm, their prop yes, not their yeah. fault mm-hmm. um but sometimes the way that it's structured is as mm-hmm. you kind of hinting at is that mm-hmm. the the compassion yeah. you kind of just want them you know because yeah. it's obvious that these people care otherwise why would they be yeah. nurses why would they be doctors because you yeah. have to have an element of compassion but yeah. it's almost like the system is inhibiting yeah. them from yeah. doing that which there is just kind wasn't of enough to, to sort of kicked in when he was a bit older yeah, you know when he started school a lot of support kicked in mm-hmm. but yeah. there was mm-hmm. a sort of a little gap between mm-hmm. when he was a toddler and starting school but um, what we do is we try and catch a lot of 
parents when they've had a diagnosis. We're constantly on, as you know, on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We've got a private parents group with well over a thousand members now. Mm, great. So any Newcastle parent carers are, are, you know, welcome to join. We've got parents from other areas joining as well. Yeah. Um, so, so how big have you, have you become as in terms yeah. of your outreach? Are you yes. beyond? Are you all over North East or is it specifically just Newcastle? Just Newcastle right? We do. I mean, a lot of parents do come to see us who aren't from Newcastle. We mm. wouldn't, you know, not I guess help. that's the advantage of social media, isn't it? It is. is it it is. It is. We, we talk to everybody. Mm. Yeah, I, I think uh, I understand what you said. Is NHS is a is a system, is a structure. So obviously. As uh, parents, we understand that they don't live the life we live. So obviously, yeah. the lack of the understanding and the empathy of the, yeah. you know, the yeah. one we go to see them. So obviously, that's why parents and parents can understand each other. Yeah. We try to really shape the, this is service, and also we try to create the own new things. So we yeah. are uh, we are coming have a meeting with the different people and then to thinking about now this is existed uh, you know the um, service you have the what really parents wanted so is there any gaps there so obviously we try to you know help the parents to mm-hmm. more engage the you know the people and more engaging community things mm-hmm. that is the next step we want to create these things in the community mm-hmm. yeah and what about the the situation regarding the parents themselves are they how affected are they do you get to See their vulnerability at times and support them as well as individuals, as well as... Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, we try to, we Mm. try to. We we encourage them to come to the coffee groups and meet other parents. And it's all about parent-to-parent support. But what Mm. we also do, we're in touch with all the disability organisations in Newcastle Mm. in the northeast. So Mm. we try and connect parents with Mm. the relevant organisations, just Mm. whatever help they're looking for. We We can refer families... You know, everywhere from the le- the nearest National Autistic Society group to so it's all about signposting, groups. isn't it? It's yeah. a lot of signposting. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the the what job we are doing now we mainly run the group, but then when new parents have been, you know, their children being diagnosed, yeah. so obviously they come the group at the beginning stage is really lost. So we give a lot of individual one to one time mm. till that they know the system well, they know mm-hmm. that the child is better, and then they cope with life, mm-hmm. and then they can start to the engage other parents yeah. properly connect to each yeah. other yeah. so yeah. we know we don't so obviously our job is one-to-one and the group right. yeah. so obviously we, we do we a lot of one-to-one not necessarily everybody likes coffee groups you know mm-hmm. some people's cultures to keep the pri- family matters private yeah. so yeah. you know we, we often say well would could, would could we come out and see what sort of support we could give it's, you and a lot yeah. of parents I'm glad like you I'm, I'm glad you said that because there was yeah. a couple of things in my head when you said that that I wanted to ask you is yeah. um because the one-on-one thing is interesting because as yeah. you say I I, I I get the appeal of a, of a group of a yeah. group interaction mm-hmm. but the problem with that especially if you're I guess the the especially with something with mental health or anything like that or yeah. a disability is that there might be an element of embarrassment. embarrassment. Yes. Um, so the idea of being more private about it makes a lot yeah. of sense. So Some I'm people glad... aren't ready to talk out yeah. in front of other people so, about matters. like. Yeah, so my, my, my thought process is that if you're in that sort of environment and you're that way inclined, like your personality maybe that way, yeah. is that you might not be getting the help you needed because mm. there might be a more dominant personality who controls the group or, exactly. and you don't talk as much. But exactly. I wanted to ask you because it seemed obvious because you're talking about parents is something we talk about on this show quite regularly because it is kind of a, a problem but we bring it up because it seems to be changing and I want to know what you guys think is 
do you kind of deal with the fact that maybe like the generational problem that there may be an element of the the older generations are a little bit more type up or lip stubborn about mental health and maybe are reluctant to see that such a thing exists or do you think that's changing um like from your experiences i guess is what i'm asking i don't know why you why the look you're just like you're not sure <laughs> You can't answer. You have not have an answer. Okay. So I want a little bit of clarity about. Yeah, yeah. You talk about the mental, mental health, health in terms of the, the children with uh, um, a conditions mental health. Yes. Or you talk about the parents' mental health because the children be diagnosed. Um, I'm saying if a children has, if uh, I guess I'll give you an example because I have, uh, I have my parents are in their seventies. Yeah. Um, and the reason I sort of ask this is because. I often find with that generation, and my, I think my dad has this attitude of this step up a lip, stubbornness of, yeah. and I knew he had depression in the past because my mom actually admitted it to me, but he has this attitude of that he doesn't talk about it, he doesn't want to bring it up. Um, whenever I got found out about it, he was like, I don't, you know, he doesn't mention it, and he just has. When he found out I had mental health issues, he was like, get over it. Was his was his advice. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, my dad found out when I was on antidepressant, he actually confiscated <laughs> Yeah, thinking it was... No, but I'm saying, like, we're not, we're not saying this is in, like, this is our therapy era. We're just saying this is the... This is the... Although sometimes, is it not? Yeah, also, although, it sometimes <laughs> does feel like, although sometimes it does feel like it. But I guess... But, but, but the yeah. serious point, I'll just to clarify what I'm asking is, yeah. do you, in your experience, when you guys do in your, you know, doing your work, do you ever yeah. come across... That maybe parents like I'm thinking of the example of was the, is there a scenario you can think of where uh, maybe an older generation parents like my yeah. parents go to these meetings, talk to younger parents maybe, and go and realise that they need to have yeah, more come understanding, away open minded, yeah. yeah, more open minded. Well, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think uh, because I've been through a lot, uh, yeah. because my daughter got to the you know the condition you know autistic condition, sensory difficulty, and also anxiety. But I don't think in, in the public, uh, even the school staff, and also the even the especially the you know the service, they do understand the autistic. I, I mean, the, they're also condition and also have a you know, the anxiety, how to really help them to, in terms of the knowledge and then the, how to really know how to approach. That's yeah. what I feel is about, that they only offer certain um, uh, therapeutic approach. For example, NHS only provide the talking therapies and the certain very severe psychotherapies and mindfulness, but this is not available for everybody. I mean, yeah. it depends mm, on how point. you assess. Mm -hmm. And then also, the question is about how you approach it. And then the, also, you know, some people not qualified that. First, you need to thinking about. Secondly, why you really and get qualified and then you're thinking about how this person connect this person is that right person to connect first mm -hmm. you're thinking about and then secondly about is that approach right yeah. so obviously right how help, do yeah. you know this person choose the right thing so many you know the uh, uh, um, therapeutic approach that's for question for me for few years now so I realize it's really big challenger things even in the future for NHS to thinking about how really educate the parents and Good also point. the school mm -hmm. so that the staff knowing what this is not a behavior problem it's mm -hmm. about the um, emotion well-being so, oh it's a mental health mm -hmm. give yeah. the people really a clarity because in this society 
society, people don't really knowing what what's difference. How you really approach difference? Who who? How do you know this person a mental health problem? Mm. How the, this is knowledge uh, people need to be educated. Yeah, yeah. In a whole society, it's it's not really to say um, you know one setting is better. Than, it's about the whole society. It's a culture change. It's about understanding the mental yeah. health. That's my opinion. No, no, I, I agree with you. Um, are you it kind of reiterating what I was thinking in the sense that, because I'm thinking one of the ways that you guys can help is that mm-hmm. I always find that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I perceive this, is that if a parent goes to another parent and asks their opinion, they may consider that opinion, like they may listen to that opinion as opposed to a, a, a child saying it or something like that because... Right. Um, I, I've I've heard stories or examples of where maybe a young teenager is saying like you know because you get the whole I'm using the example of that when a teenager is really angry and and feels upset about the world then people may not think that's a mental health problem they just think oh teenager teenage angst, teenage yeah. angst yeah. or whatever it may be whereas yeah. as you're saying which is probably where you guys come in is that yeah. if a parent goes to another parent and says am I am I understanding what my child's going through correctly and am I treating them the right way and getting advice that way is I'm sure really, yeah. really useful. I think, I think when children go to after 12 years old, I'm, I feel the system use this excuse to say this is because it's a teenager state. That's mm-hmm. normal. If child, mm-hmm. you know, the, how to say have this kind of thought. And I think the system and especially NHS waiting the crisis, they don't really to say the You're signs right. and mm-hmm. then the, to do this a lot of prevention work. But then it's mm-hmm. just a kind of, you know, say, oh, he has a thought, but he doesn't have action. That's meaning not comfortable. So but the one they waiting the crisis, like, okay, it's too late. Some parents, you know, already went to through a, a very difficult time. We, mm. we, we know this time that, oh, doctor said, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? We, uh, we, we often paraphrase what you just said there by saying um, they wait for a short-term problem to become long-term, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is you need to yeah. stop it before it gets that far. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're out of time. Well, I've, I was just going to make a quick sort of silly joke in that when Lucy first walked in, I'm thinking she's going to be really quiet and she, we couldn't shut her up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, in, a, in, a, in a really good way, in a really when good way. But um, so Sheila, just so you have something to say, um, <laughs> uh, is um, could you let people know? Because you mentioned uh, Ricky said you have a, a, a presence on the internet and, yeah, and whatnot. Could you let do. people know where people can find you, please? Yes. Well, we're on Twitter. Pass it on, parents. Mm-hmm. That's how I met you guys. Is that all one, it is. Is that all one, yes. is that all one word? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, and then we're on Facebook. Pass mm-hmm. it on Newcastle because somebody had already taken Pass it on. Parents. I know, I know. <laughs> we'll get on to that. Which is you. very popular, and again, it's parent to parent support. Yeah, you know, great. people asking questions, me putting information on that I think parents might want to know about. Can you quickly tell us about skill, the skills for people? That's another organisation you're affiliated with, yeah. Yes, we're based at Skills for People and there's a lot of disability organisations yeah. based in Skills for People right. building in Jesmond. Yeah. For instance, North East Special Needs Network are another mm-hmm. big organisation that support families. Mm-hmm. There's who else is there? Geordie Mams. There's lots of groups. Families United, is that a coalition of... Families United is the name of the Parent Carers Forum of Newcastle oh, and the Civic okay. Centre every okay. month, which ah, is yeah. quite a, pictures, yeah. a good group, yeah. yes. And how often is your drop-in centres open? Do you have a... We have a drop-in every month on a Monday. Every month on a Monday. Um, is, that the the first mo- is that the first Monday at- it's the straight third. after the third Monday. Third Monday. Yeah, yeah, after the Chinese. Monday. Lucy runs a great Chinese parent mm-hmm. support group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's straight after that. Cool. Also, we run uh, coffee mornings at all the special schools as well in Newcastle. Brilliant. And then we're on Instagram, pass it on parents as well. Great. 
Awesome. Right, we're really pressed for time, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank thank you for having us. That's really fun. That was really fun and really nice, uh, nice fun conversation. Yeah, you too, guys. Um, Obviously, um, actually, because we're going to play a pre-record. If you want to stay for a photo, that would be great. Uh, if you don't mind being photos. Uh, right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm a little bit behind, obviously, but uh, we ha- we crowbarred in Phil. Um, could you actually do me a favor? Uh, actually, we'll do this in the pre-records. I'm, um, as I mentioned, uh, we had the NHS, because we actually we spoke about NHS in that conversation, so this makes a lot of sense. Um, so we're going to play, um, as I mentioned, I was at the National Service User Awards for Signet, where we were nominated for an award, which was cool. And I uh, did a pre-record with Alice from NHS England, talking about um, the young entrepreneur... Uh, the young, the young, the young entrepreneur. I mean, um, the young, the the young. Um, what other word I'm trying to think of? The 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 like the advertising and the the approach that they were doing towards young people and basically okay. like um, getting mental health awareness out there. Um, as I'm taking photos while I'm doing the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this is the pre-record I did at the National Service User Awards uh, in Silverstone at Silverstone Circuit a few weeks ago, and uh, this is yeah. I say it's with I Alice. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you hear a Formula One car in the background, that's why. So yeah, uh, this is our interview with Alice from uh, at the Mental Health Awards from NHS England. And you're listening to Mentally Sound Radio on Gravity Radio Northeast. Right, hi everybody, I'm here at the National Service User Awards with for Signet uh, 2016 and I'm here at Silverstone Circuit in Northamptonshire, I believe, uh, being from Geordie land, I'm not quite sure where this is, but uh, uh, obviously I'm here representing the Geek Apocalypse podcast as well as Mentally Sound on Gravity Radio Northeast, and I'm delighted to say my first interview, because I'm trying to get some interviews here, is with the lovely Alice, who actually um, did uh, present for one of the awards, and she's here to talk about NHS England and all the cool stuff that they're doing uh, youth related hello alice hello hi it's uh, yeah really nice to be here thanks very much for uh, um inviting us to talk about some of the work that's been involved um in today uh, so we're from nhs england i'm here with my colleague stacy um we both work in the patients and public participation team which means that some of the things that we're really interested in is where service users or patients have got involved in improving services for yeah. other patients um or service users mm-hmm. and that's both in mental health secure settings but also out in the community and out kind of looking looking at long-term physical conditions as well as mental health conditions as well. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that we're really interested in is what's been happening nationally, and we've got loads of people in one room today all talking about their projects from up and down the country. So what a great opportunity this is to listen to people, to find out what they've been doing, to find out what's made a difference to other service users. It's great. It's fantastic. We've got loads of stuff to learn from today. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that Stacey and I can do is go back to our team um, and work on our, on our website in NHS England and our case studies and we can kind of really share some of the things that have been talked about today much more broadly through our own social media accounts, through our web accounts and, and um, our participation sort of case study and best practice hubs. So that's really exciting um, about yeah, today. Means, I, guess, I guess what springs to mind in relation to what you just said is, is there an element of, because I guess with someone like me who runs a radio show is that, um, that maybe there's an element of that you feel that you, you, you're like alone or that, that it's the only project out there that does something similar whereas as you say quite rightly we're in an environment now where with all sorts of projects that talk about mental health and i guess is there an element of like you just said just to elaborate on the it's taking what them projects do as a unique sense learning from that and also to kind of encourage a wider knowledge for the NHS, which is kind of what you're talking about with your stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and we know that there's so much good practice going on in lots of different services all over the NHS. And yet sometimes if you're the service user or even the member of staff who's kind of really championing stuff 
in, in your hospital or your unit it can feel quite lonely sometimes because you can see that what you're doing makes a difference um but you think hang on why isn't this going on across the whole hospital or across all of our um hospitals in the trust or all of our units or all of our community centers um and then from our perspective from a you know sort of a national team perspective we're really kind of keen to say well what's going on in 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 cumbria is really fantastic and we should be replicating that in cornwall but of course it's really difficult to kind of do um do some of those things because we can't bring everybody from every service all into one room and share all of those conversations in one go so it's trying to figure out lots of different ways to do that the national service user awards is a fantastic opportunity to hear about some really specific areas where services users have got involved in improving things Um, and then some of the work that stacy and i will do is think about how do we promote that more broadly because this is this is a day and it's face to face and it's a great opportunity but how can we use social media to make sure other people learn about this good practice how can we create um case studies or brochures or booklets so that we can kind of produce some evidence around what worked and Mm. and why it was good and then that means hopefully people in cumbria can go oh hang on a minute there's a there's a really good example from coventry or uh you know and we we can start to promote some of that good practice in that way yeah because i think the main sort of the main sort of argument that you're making here because this is something that we debate on the show quite regularly is and, and I think this is something we defend you on is that is that I guess that the, there is an there is an uh, uh, an aspect of of the NHS that people think that there's not enough sort of service you know service out there like there's not enough um there's not enough there but your sort of suggestion which I I agree with you to a certain extent that there is there is help out there it's just uh, you're basically saying it's the it's the communication aspect that's wrong that there's not enough to be there's not enough happening to let people be aware that it exists is that fair to say yeah i think it's a mixture of things i mean i think one of the things that we know is that when patients and service users are involved in um, identifying service improvements or service design when people are involved people who use the service when they're involved in developing and and planning the services um, as well as identifying what couldn't you know what could and couldn't be improved we know there's really good evidence to say that actually the clinical outcomes are better that the service quality is better and quite often um, service users themselves gain from from that sort of involvement experience we know that they gain in confidence and self-esteem as yeah. well as having really brilliant ideas to put into the sort of melting pot of designing services so we know that that happens and yet still in the nhs we're not good enough we need to get better at involving service users in that whole process mm. um, but i guess of, to be in so i guess to be fair though would you say i don't know i'm trying to think of a fair time frame i'd say i don't know maybe in the last 10 years or five years or something that it's at least gotten better than when it was Is that yeah fair? Uh, you know absolutely and, and in fact i was just talking to a patient group um both on monday and on wednesday last week um around some of the frustrations of sometimes when your um, patients involved in service improvement it can feel like it can feel like it's really slow you mm. can you can see the real difference in 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 your unit but it feels like the world is really slow to catch up but actually we were just this this last week we were reflecting on where things were five years ago and ten years ago Mm. and i think sort of particularly maybe ten years ago there was a lot of lip service or tick boxing around patient involvement where um people would you know uh, clinicians and commissioners were really guilty i suppose of, of pulling out a patient and saying oh you come and join our committee without any proper thought or support or actually real equity in Mm. some of that relationship and i think where we've got to you know examples of days like today we've got 
units from all over the country here demonstrating their good practice and we know that this is in some ways the tip of the iceberg because there are loads of people who didn't submit applications to be considered for the award yeah. there's lots who who maybe because of communication haven't heard about the awards yet yeah. so we know it's the tip of the iceberg but there's still more to do I think we've come a long way but we yeah. shouldn't be complacent because there's still definitely more to do and I guess it's just great from from your point of view and I guess from somewhat uh, as an outsider looking in I guess is that having someone like you's representing being in something like this actually shows that you're you're sort of listening to to the actual like community I guess and the service users who who sometimes feel that are not being listened to so I guess that's the key that's the key point really yeah and, yeah. and you're right again because you know some one of the things that we're definitely here to do today is listen but it's more than listening because actually we know that Put people get practice. really exactly yeah. people yeah. get really fed up of telling you know the same story again and again or saying these things need to be improved and then there's a lot of nodding going oh yes that should definitely happen <laughs> it's funny you no action it's funny you say that i was i know almost said this in my speech for the for our nomination yeah. was that um i was going to say it's going to be it may be controversial to say i'm a little bit sick of talking about mental health and i mean that as a part of bringing up the same story um it, but um in fairness though i do think that it is changing though but yeah so but but my point is it doesn't define us or it doesn't define us so talent talking about it all the time yeah. may actually backfire in terms of what we're trying to do if that, you know yeah so. ab- absolutely and i think you know from from our perspective one of the things that we absolutely knew was obviously we were coming today to support the project to kind of learn about some of the good practice but we came with an agenda of what's our action what are we taking away from this how can we help um, once we leave silverstone today yeah. and and some of the things that you know we've got lots of contacts we know lots more about some of the local projects we can we can work with people to write that up we can spread some of that learning um and just some of the projects that are here today, hopefully our actions are to take those away and to push those um, so that more people can know about them and then hopefully get that replication going. Well, great. Um, continue up, continue the great work. And um, I guess I guess the final thing, because we only obviously want to make sure we talk about uh, where, well, where we currently are, is how did you, um, I guess, very briefly get involved in being part of this? Did, did they ask you? Do you ask them? How does that work? Do you know what? Um, th- th- that's probably a really good question. And, um, and <laughs> you actually don't know. Yeah, no, I, no, I don't know. Because You're allowed to see, don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, our, our two colleagues, Olivia and Rosie, who work with yeah, the National um, Service User Awards um, for the last three <laughs> years, unfortunately, both of them are sick. So that's really, uh, really rubbish for them. But it's really good for Stacey and I because this is the first time we've been able to come out and, yeah. and take part in this. So I actually don't know the backstory of who got involved when, um, other than Rosie and Olivia have been involved for the last three years. And this is the highlight of their year so when we were looking for volunteers to come along there was absolutely no shortage and we were the first ones to put our hands in the air great (laughs) so yeah it's a really good day cool well thank you so much for talking to you and um, uh, thanks for being a part of it and just thanks for taking the time to talk I really appreciate it thank you very much and I it's it's more preferable to hear Brian Fallon I know don't, I don't need any letters. Uh, that was uh, Gaslight Anthem with uh, Mud Holland Drive from their album Handwritten. One of the best bands, in my opinion, on the planet Earth. And it stresses his opinion. Yes, it, yes, I stress it's my opinion. Obviously, these things are subjective, but um, yeah, really, really great. I have, I have, you know how like you, you know how like you, you'll appreciate this because I'm sure we talked about this where you'll get a song in your head and you'll just play it on repeat until you kind of get sick of it like I'm, I'm at that stage where I still like that song yeah there are a few songs like that which t- stand the test of time <laughs> yeah. yeah but then 
you play them so much by the time you start hating them for about <laughs> 10 years. So I'm hoping I don't reach that point because that is a great mm-hmm. song. Uh, anywho, enough about music. Uh, as I say, we've got a really packed show. We've obviously got mental health news. Uh, we also have uh, Elena uh, Mitchell, who is here to talk about Opera Helps and a bunch of other peoples as well. Obviously, the story about the award ceremony, which is hilarious, which we keep um, which we keep teasing. It's more intriguing by the... Indeed, by the, uh... yes. But we have our next guest, which has been waiting patiently. Sorry for the delay, as I keep telling... I, tell, I told him in the, in the break. Matthew King. Hello, sir. Hi. Hello. Um, he is here from the West End Food Bank, is that That's correct? That's right, yeah. Of course. And, uh, He's the and operations manager. The, the oper- operations, operations manager. manager. Yeah. Wow, I, I love the title. Yeah. Uh, did you give yourself <laughs> that title? I love that's why I said it. Yeah, it yeah. must be mentioned. Yeah, is that a, t- is that a self-made title? Mm. Or? Uh, no, it was one given to me. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Who gave you it? Was it just someone else? Though? It was my boss. Your boss. All yeah. right, so you're not... Okay, because operations manager implies that you run the whole thing. That's what I would have thought. But uh, Almost, yes. Almost. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, you do all the dirty work yes <laughs> but cool yeah so just so um i, I guess obviously I, in my notes it says what um in particular the west end uh, food bank is but better to hear it from the horse's mouth as it were so can you describe in a nutshell what it is you guys do um very simply we collect um food donations in from members of the public we sort them out we put them into food parcels and we give them to people in need in the west end of newcastle cool that's the easy bit. <laughs> That's um, the hard bit, is what I kind of. We distribute between two hundred and three hundred food parcels every week. Wow, um, and that equates to about three ton of food. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the only way I'm able to ensure that we have that all that food is that we um, go down south and we collect food from other food banks. Okay. Right. So. Um, on an average week, uh, we will uh, take a van down to the southeast of England, mm-hmm. usually, where we're able to collect donated food that's been donated to mm-hmm. their food bank that they can't distribute. And uh, we bring it back up here and share it out in the west end of Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that, that raises two questions to me. Well, uh, first of all, when you said that you deliver that, that many food parcels like i guess this may sound like a very silly question but i guess there might be people listening to this who thought the same thing is that i guess i'm i'm playing the uh, the the idiot interviewer here is that um is there a calculation to how much that feeds because i i guess what i'm asking is are the food parcels big enough that it's just not just for one person is it for a whole bunch of people uh we we have three different size food parcels okay uh one for single people mm-hmm. one for couples or small families that might be a mother and mm-hmm. child, mother and couple of children. And then we have a family pack, which okay. is for, um, we would say about four or five people. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we get someone coming and we do get people where they've got a lot of children in the family, then we'll give them a double food pack. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you gave the estimate of like a few hundred per week, you including all the food parcels yeah. there. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Because I, I guess the way I'm looking at it, as someone may have easily interpreted that, is this, you're just giving one person a food parcel. No. So that's why that clarity made a lot yeah. of sense. So actually, yeah. I was being quite ingenious with my yeah. question, I thought, but there you go. Yeah. Um, um, are we writing that the West End Food Bank now has almost, I don't know, how would you say it? Official, unofficial name of being the largest in the country now? Um, a cord- we're part of the Trussell Trust Network, yeah. mm-hmm. and every time we issue a food parcel, we have a voucher that's been given to mm-hmm. the person who needs the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that data is collected. Um, last financial year, 
we fed 49,000 people. Does that symbolize the extent of the problem in the West End, as it were? Is it, is it geographical based? Uh, yeah, the, the West End of Newcastle has a lot of problems. Mm. Uh, the, the people in the West End of Newcastle. Mm. So what we have are um, people who, in years gone by, might have been able to work, mm -hmm. no longer able to work. Mm -hmm. There have been huge changes in the benefit system. Yeah. So uh, uh, And we expect numbers to go up again mm -hmm. once uh, universal credit yeah. is rolled out in the next few months. Mm. Um, so people are being asked to survive on less yes. and when they can't manage, mm -hmm. um, they know that the food bank is there mm -hmm. and um, they know where it's possible to get vouchers mm -hmm. uh, to be referred to us. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's why we're, we're as busy as we are. Mm -hmm. So I guess the obvious question to that in relation to that you're seeing that you're expecting to get busier, I guess the obvious question is how do you It, how do you keep up with the demand like I, in essence how do you get said food and how do you how, I guess is there an element of how sure can you be that you're gonna is it's available um we're part of a huge network there's yeah, about there's about so. three or four hundred trussell trust food banks in mm. the country and um because we've had to go down south for the last couple of years on a regular basis there yeah. are some of the food banks down south who will Um, do a collection specifically for us. All oh, right. So um, they know that we will need mm -hmm. uh, 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 food. So, yeah, that, that works out well. But also there's lots of people in Newcastle who actually donate food. That's what I was going to ask, yeah, I guess. So, so we, we get um, food from church groups, from community mm -hmm. groups, mm -hmm. um, supermarkets like Tesco, Asda, Sainsbury's, all have collection points in some of their bigger stores. Mm. Um, so members of the public will buy stuff and put it in the collection point and we go and collect and then it's recycled out in, uh, into the community. Mm. Well, can I just quickly ask you about stereotypes? Because I think in the media they like to portray the average food bank user as someone out of work with problems. But I, I, also, get, I also get told that more and more working people actually go to food banks themselves. Is that right? Yeah. Particularly low-wage people yeah yeah definitely we're, we're seeing an increase in the number mm. of families where the there's at least one parent in work yes um but because again it, it's linked to changes in the welfare system mm. um the the most recent change that's coming along is that um tax credits yes they are being altered so that uh, they're encouraging people who might be in part-time work mm -hmm. to actually seek more hours mm. so that they can compensate for the reduction in the in the um yes tax credits yes. but if you can't get an increase in in your hours mm. you're still not going to have uh your your tax credits are not going to say the stay the same they're going to reduce yeah mm -hmm. so you're immediately out of pocket mm -hmm. um we work with uh a whole range of people. There, we're seeing um, asylum seekers and refugees who are mm -hmm. um, making their way to Newcastle, mm -hmm. whether they've come through the system or not. Mm -hmm. um, the West End of Newcastle has got quite a bit of, of private rented accommodation mm -hmm. and um, economic migrants from the EU will often find themselves based there. 
uh, as well as an indigenous population who've lived there for many, many years. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I was actually, that was what I was going to quickly ask you in regards to, to homelessness because something mm. we've touched on probably for about three or four shows now. Uh, shows we've got a good few yeah. shows of sections about segments about homelessness and had homeless charities on mm. saying the, the increase in homelessness in the northeast is, mm. is gradually increasing. Yeah. Are you are you yeah. are you seeing a difference? Uh, there, there's two types of homelessness that we see. Okay. There is uh, those who are so for surfing. Mm-hmm. So they're staying with friends mm-hmm. but they've dropped out of the system somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're seeing those who are either sleeping rough or um, are in shared accommodation. Uh, and uh, again, if someone turns up at our door, uh, we work with an agency mm. on our site. So mm. they'll give them the voucher, we'll provide them with food, but we'll also then be uh, contacting the housing advice centre. Yeah. Ah, so you're not just like giving them one thing, you're actually no. giving them everything. That's, really, that's really awesome because I guess... You know, so I guess I'm fortunate and I've never been in that. I've been in situations where I've struggled to get, you know, I've been in situations where I potentially could be homeless and all yeah. this kind of thing, but I've never gone hungry. So yeah. this idea of I've got, you know, it's, that's good in, to be enlightened, mm-hmm. to know how that yeah. how that works, because I guess, you know, I'm, I'm pleading ignorance in the sense of I would assume you just would have gave them food and not worried about everything else. It's nice that you have like compassion in that sense, yeah. like yeah. You yeah. an extra level. The other thing we're doing with people who are in long-term need yes. um, is we, we opened a new centre about nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And in that, we direct people to go to that centre. Um, they still get their food parcel. We can provide them with a hot meal. But more importantly, they see either a welfare or a debt advisor mm-hmm. to help explore their difficulties. And we're beginning to see some success there where... Um, People, uh, when when you get a form from the DWP to complete for um, PIPs or mm-hmm. ESA, it's a daunting form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what we're able to do is work alongside the person to complete that form. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and you're there's talking a, about really vulnerable people here, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people with literacy and numeracy yes, yes. difficulties, yes. people with mental health problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do is we help them complete those forms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a delay. It can mm-hmm. be up to three or four months for mm-hmm. a decision. Mm-hmm. But we're now beginning to see results where people are coming to us and saying, I've got an extra 30, 40 pounds a week now because I'm getting this new benefit. Mm-hmm. And often those benefits are long-term benefits. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing we're lifting people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. They're no longer needing to come and use the food bank. Mm-hmm. It's great that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But we, I guess we're really pressed for time. Right. So all that leaves me to say is that just so obviously we get this in is just to say um, if there's opportunities for people to know more information about you, where can they go? Are you got an online presence? Oh, we or? have uh, a Newcastle West End Food Bank. If you Google that, you'll mm-hmm. get our, our, our website. Um, can I just quickly say you, you, the thing over Christmas there was a burglary wasn't there yeah. and the community I just want to pay tribute to the West End because I'm from there as well but the community really gathered round to bring presents back oh, it, that, that was incredible it was a very heartwarming story yeah, and, yeah. yeah. but as you got burgled the quick story, the, tell the quick story just oh, well, um, we, we had an appeal uh-huh. uh, for, for toys for children at Christmas what we wanted to do was to give those toys to the parents so they mm. could give them to their oh, children oh, at Christmas yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and we were broken into uh, and toys were stolen mm. 
Um, and the community just gathered round and well, it, it, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I was doing I was doing radio and TV interviews yeah. that day, mm-hmm. and there were people, or the day after, mm-hmm. and there were people knocking at the door saying, "I've heard about what's happened. Mm-hmm. I live round the corner. Uh, I've got. I bought this for my grandchild, but I can always get another." Yeah. Can really? you, yeah, yeah, I would have done yeah. that if I'd have heard of that. I would yeah. have found something. It, 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 the the response cool. was incredible. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'd say unfortunately we're pressed for time. I'd say we're a few minutes over, but um, just nice talking to you. I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed it. In. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming it. in. And honestly, like, you know, it doesn't need me to say it's obvious for people listening, but keep up with the good work. You do a great job, and yeah. um, people like you deserve a lot. We're a West End lad as well. You know, I'm very, very all proud. we do is host a radio show where we do nothing. So, yeah, you yeah. You're the, you're, you do the good work. So keep it up, and thanks for coming in. Thanks so Thank you. Thanks, cheers. Uh, right, um, uh, we've taken a quick break, and then we've got a couple of more guests, but thank you so much to Matthew for coming in. Uh, we're going to play, because you mentioned it. You said Prince earlier, so I thought we oh, have to play a Prince song. Nice um, so we're going to play When Does, when Does Cry, and we'll be right back. On mentally sound, right? Uh, <laughs> um, that was obviously Prince with "When When Doves Cry," which is a classic. Um, yeah, so um, obviously we were just talking about that because obviously, um, what did he? Just quick segue: Did he die during the last time we spoke? Like, was it in between the two it was shows? In between, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. When when was that? It was then, like a few weeks ago. Remember when we played Bully, and then he died? Oh God! Yeah, that, that was, was that was that was spooky. Yeah. yeah. So. Because he released his album, wasn't it, on, on that the, day? On that and we were like, oh, boy, he's got a new album out. And then on Monday, he died. That was like, you know, I think... We, he was a hero. So if anyone who we've played currently in the track list dies in two days' time, <laughs> I'm going to worry that we have the curse of this yeah. show, you know? And, uh, not that everyone will... <laughs> we'll say going, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we must press on because we've got a lot going on. So um, really, really excited because we have... Would you class yourselves as lecturers? Is that fair to say? Um, and uh, so we have Gina and Philip, is that right? Yes. That's right. Cool, awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we obviously had to talk about lecturing and, and social university work. and social work and all that and all that jazz. So hi guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, so yeah, I guess obviously because we're having a, a two mic setup, we're going to do one at a time. So I guess because it's interesting to compare the two because you guys do slightly different things. Is, could you guys just say what exactly you guys do uh, at the university, starting with you? I'm a senior lecturer in social work, but my specialty is in uh, gerontology, work with older adults. All right, okay, cool. And you, good sir? Hello, I'm a, a senior lecturer too in social work at the North at, at the university, and my specialisms are areas like uh, autism, foster care, and uh, in particular working with minors carers. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. An interesting, an interesting. So I guess because we've just said what you guys both do, are the what are the? Just because I'm kind of, I'm just kind of intrigued because that seems like it, 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 they kind of cross cross each other. So in what sense do they cross over? I guess if you could say. Well, these days with older adults, you're going to run into older adults who are raising children, which mm-hmm. will cross over into. Of course, yeah. Uh, Philip's area of expertise, also mental health, which is lifespan. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously what our show has embedded. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, historically, I've, I've worked quite a lot with uh, young young people in the in uh, who, who in foster care, and I think quite a lot of young people in foster care experience their own emotional difficulties, mm-hmm. and their parents actually have uh, experienced quite often uh, mental health or emotional difficulties too. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, working with 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 men, particularly men of, of uh, with children who are autistic. Again, there's a there's a overlap there, I think, and it, as, as Gina said, it's a it's a life course. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I guess before uh, last question, I'll like really speak. Really speak is just because this is something I've always wanted to ask because I've always kind of thought of this idea of maybe you know I don't know maybe maybe not all my I, how am I going to say this in a funny way like maybe if all my not all my dogs are barking and I might need to adopt uh, is uh, <laughs> like that's the best way of saying this in a PC way uh, is um but in all seriousness I'm saying like if someone uh, foster foster parents is interested in my regards and I know mm. very little about the process yeah yeah so. To uh, someone listening to this, because I'm generally serious. I mean, I know I made a joke about that, but I'm generally serious about wanting to know. Um, what would you say in your capacity doing what you do? What would you say is the hardest part about about that process of being a foster parent? Of being assessed or being a foster care? Yeah, like how of, of the process of becoming one. I think the process of becoming one is obviously foster carers and adopt uh, potential adoptive parents yes. have to uh, go through quite an extensive uh, assessment process, which mm-hmm. it not involves looking at uh, their history, their their capacity to care for their cho- mm-hmm. for children, and their capacity to change, really, in global children. I think there are a lot of difficulties people have is really the the, the one. To care for children and finding that they're part of a system which uh, maybe holds them back a little bit through that time scales of having uh, an assessment uh, but I, I mean I've worked with some absolutely marvellous parents, mm-hmm. foster carers mm-hmm. and young people and children over the years Because I guess just to, the, the, just to provide you with the context, I guess the stereotypical view uh, from what I you know of the limited, the limited amount of people I've seen who have been in that field have said that just that this, that it seems that stereotypical responses that it's quite uh, hard to become one. Is that a fair assumption, or is that something that is, has it gotten better? Is that is that the right? Oh gosh, I, I mean, I've been, I mean, I worked in foster care for for twenty eight, twenty odd years, and I think that the process has changed, and mm-hmm. I think it is much more uh, uh, possible for. for well, I, I think more people. Have, can, can foster and I think it's really important that if people have an interest in, in fostering that they contact their local authority or a, one of the many fostering agencies or maybe look up the website Foster Network mm-hmm. and uh, it's, 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 it's really important that foster carers represent all oh, parts mm-hmm. of society and everybody really. So how has it got better would you say? I think it's got better because in, in the past certainly you go back two decades it was very much a sort of I mean, I'd say my specialism of working with, with, with men as foster carers. And I think the experiences there were very much men were seen not as potential carers. Mm-hmm. So, and if you go back to say the 50s and a, a report in the 50s, Home Office report, very much associated foster care with, with the, with the woman. And I think now what we'll move forward and we realise now in society, we've got lots of different types of families, yeah. lots of different types of people who can care. Mm-hmm. So we can have people who are, who, who, who are straight, who are gay, we can have men, we can have women. We can have single people, couples, all sorts of all sorts of ages too, and I think that variety is really acceptance of a variety and an embracing of a variety of people who can foster has has, has made things and it has improved a lot over the last two decades in my mind. Just going on from that, of the limited knowledge I, I I guess I know is that I think one of the challenging aspects concerning adopted children is the sense of identity. Mm-hmm. Is that true? And how do, does that affect them their own mental health? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think adoption, fostering, and, and obviously there's an overlap between some children to, yeah. to, to become adopted. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, identity is a really important issue for everybody, and mm-hmm. I think really and one, of the, one of the areas where I'm, I'm really keen on is, mm-hmm. is that the children know who they are, where they're from, their mm-hmm. past, exactly. as well as where they can go, and their potential as, as human beings, mm-hmm. which, is, which should be fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, working with children is so important because they are the future, That's and right. I think that... Uh, Care should be about that, caring for children mm-hmm. and looking towards their 
hopes, dreams, aspirations. I'm a granddad myself and my granddaughters too this weekend, you know. And I just cool. love her to bits. She's called, know, yeah. she's called Rusi, you know. Love her to bits. And that's what I want for every child mm. who was who was in this country. I used to kind of like, and I'm, again, I'm being jovial. I used to kind of like, uh, sort of like, think, oh God, another person bringing up like a young person. And I'm like, I until I became an uncle. Yeah, and yeah. now, like, you, when you say that, I just go, oh yeah, my, I think of an nephew, and I'm like, mm. oh, you got all like gooey, and I'm like, I understand it now. And I guess yeah. when I become a I'd father, show you the picture of my own nephew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there. like yeah, yeah, we mentioned it earlier, and he's like, oh, I seen a picture of my nephew. I was like, it's yeah. you know, I, I understand that feeling. So I, I, I would really urge anybody who's who's interested in fostering to contact. Let's mm. say look look up Foster Network. It's it's a website, it's a national. It's definitely not a. You know, I guess the reason I asked you is because you know, I, this is just a comment, and we'll, we'll move on because I want to talk. To, obviously, talk yeah. to Gene as well. Is um, it's just the comment I would make is this. I guess the reason I asked that because a, I was interested in b. I guess the other thing that I hear sometimes, which I think is is a is a real sad, sad mm. element of it, is that it's almost like people look at that as as a bad choice, bet the bet like a bad deal because they can't have children or whatever it is, and I find that bizarre because um. You know, I mean, obviously, having a biological child has sense for a number of different reasons because you created that person. But you know, this idea of that you get to look after someone else um, and give them a better life—that um, mm. I don't regard that as a bad second choice. I just regard that as an alternative, and I guess that's why I'm making sure that that's brought up. A lot of a lot of foster carers and adoptive parents are birth parents, also. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think yeah, exactly. You know, yes. I think mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing more more precious and looking after children I think mm-hmm. and sort of we, yeah. we shouldn't have to be restricted to any type exactly and it's good that you said like you know or, you know sexual orientation everything else mm. doesn't matter as long as, as long as they're good parents I was like the phrase of you, it, there's no right way to be a parent there's only wrong ways of being parents like I, I like good that phrase, phrase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway Thank yeah you. so moving on because I feel like we're ignoring we're ignoring our, our guest our fellow guests like just because it was just it was a, a topic that interested me but Gina I would say you know, obviously what intrigues me about being a lecturer as well, like what would you say based on being one, would you say is the most enjoyable aspect of doing it? I think because I'm not a Brit, mm-hmm. it's bringing my experience of more international social mm-hmm. work and that draws attention to things. As a gerontologist, our world is aging. It's going to be the largest population in the world by 2015, 2030. Mm-hmm. And so the need's going to be very mm-hmm. great to help prepare social workers mm-hmm. for good support services for older adults. Mm-hmm. So I guess the obvious question to that, because as I, I said in, I said during the break that I have an American friend who I debate with all the time. Uh, hello, Michelle, if you're listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, a really good friend of mine. And uh, it leads to the obvious thing, because you said it's good to, to show your your international look about social work and all that kind of thing, how would you compare the two? Compare and contrast. Yeah, because yeah, how, how would you, what would you say? Well, if you, if you look at social work in the UK and social work in America, they have identical values, skills, knowledge. They're coming from the same place. Mm-hmm. There, there are a few differences in how that's applied, mm-hmm. but basically uh, – the profession of social work is the same, mm-hmm. which is nice because if you go somewhere else, like I'm over here, mm-hmm. I, I know what's expected of me as a practitioner. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's a lot of things that we can learn from each other mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, how, how, 
did what was your sort of expectation coming to England? Like, I guess I'm asking in a kind of cheeky capacity of, <laughs> did you get any bad signs? Did they say you're going to the northeast of England? Be careful, you might, you know, make sure you don't wear any good jewellery, um, or like or anything, or, any, or anything like that. No, you know, I'm, I'm make, I, that's actually a joke about. That someone actually said that to me while working on a television show, like which which was just ridiculous. But actually, I'll actually say what it was. Do you remember um, there was a show called Geordie Finishing School, which it was on a, it was on BBC Three. It was basically this idea of I think it was to do with benefits, yeah, which would make sense because what we're talking about is um, it was people from the south of privileged families coming to the northeast of England on benefits, trying to trying to live a benefit life. And this one particular daughter had like this diamond ring. And one of the producers, I think it was caught on camera and actually done on the program, said, you may want to take that off because they would rip your finger off for that. And I was like, really? Is that really how we want to perceive the northeast of England? But then, respectively, there'd probably be one somewhere, someone somewhere. Who was there a culture shock? Yeah, a yeah culture I guess that's No, because happened. it's a comparison. I, I did work in London, and that's a very big, diverse uh, community. But I'm I'm from the south, the south in the United States. I'm from Arkansas. And so that comparison that you just made yeah. is made in the United States, really? North versus South. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what surprised me the most is that people would ask me if I was from Canada because yeah. their experience with working with people from America had been from people from New York who mm-hmm. have a different accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I, it was kind of a a novel thing, I think, for me to say, no, I'm I'm not, but I am an American. Which is bizarre, considering how big America actually is. Yes. Is people think, like, oh, they must be from New York or LA. I don't know any other yeah. cities. Or Texas. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah exactly. One. San Antonio. But what I've found is yeah. that I quite like this area of the country because it reminds me of the South. Oh, great. People are usually friendly, very it helpful. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, the only thing that I miss is sun. <laughs> <laughs> and she means the sun in the sky. Uh, <laughs> get used to it. Yeah, yeah. That's what say, they keep telling that, me. I know what. It, that's a great. That's that's funny in the sense of because that's so true. Is it like it's the one thing yeah. you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the one thing you can't steal and bring with you to the northeast of England. But the, yeah, don't expect it for a while. I guess is what we're going to tell you. Um, but yeah, I mean. We, we we obviously, one of the reasons we do this radio show is to kind of get rid of stereotypes or at least to discuss them and to see whether they're true or not, I guess. Um, in, in your line of work, uh, it's in particular your, 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 your subject field that you're, you're a specialist in, as it were, what would you say is the most stereotypical thing that needs to kind of be rectified, would you say, based on what you do? Uh, in regards to mental health, the problem has been... Uh, People who have mental illness or mental challenge, mental health challenges, it doesn't stop when you get older. Mm-hmm. And so there's this misperception of, oh, they're just senile, they're not depressed, that's just part of the aging process. It's really not. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the work that I've done in the field, in practice, is to help families and, and uh, service users understand just just because they've aged doesn't mean they're going to age out of mental health concerns. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's something that, that I think is very important for us as social workers to understand. They're still going to need mental health support mm-hmm. along with other things that come with age. Does it happen, does it happen in the opposite effect? Because I guess I'm intrigued by the notion of, like, for example, I guess to use an example of, like, dementia is the, the, the common... The common, you know, conception about that is that 
that you're more likely to get it when it, when you're older, or like that, or that's an excuse for like if a, if a, I guess if I if I can be brash as to say you know if a, if an old person like I guess my ma- my as I said mentioned earlier my parents in their seventies so like if my mom forgets something suddenly I'm was like oh it's autism or or it's or it's uh, or it's dementia or it may be or, benign memory loss what, yeah exactly or whatever <laughs> but it's, it's that, do you get what I'm saying is that yes like, yes it, it, do you think that's that's yeah. the other side of the coin that's a bit Yes, I think it's really important for people to understand that you can have schizophrenia of your life. You're still going to have it, but you may also develop things like dementia. And dementia is that umbrella term. There are so many different kinds of dementia. Yeah, we did a whole, but a lo- a whole show on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, it's, but a, lot of, a lot of it has to do with education. And I find that when I'm working with service users doing assessments for mental health, They'll say, well, I keep forgetting my car keys. And I say, well, I do too. That that may be something. It's, it's the amount of times that you have it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's the families or the person themselves will just say, well, it's just part of my aging. I'm just mm-hmm. senile. Mm-hmm. When, when things like dementia could be diagnosed and assessed earlier on, they contribute that to old age instead of... This may be something else. Can I ask you about the narrative of mental health and comparisons between America and here? Is there a difference? And where I'm coming from with that is, you know, in America you have regular stories about, you know, unfortunate gun tragedies related, and then mental health comes into that kind of bracket. Is that grossly unfair? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. The, I was telling Stephen about uh, the National Association for mental illness Mm -hmm. and it's a really good organization that treats Mm -hmm. the whole person and their Mm -hmm. family within the environment which Mm -hmm. is a good social work model to have and so when accidents like that happen or tragedies like Mm -hmm. that happen they don't come with and and in america it's usually say the person was a minority Mm -hmm. or they were a gang member Mm -hmm. or they had to be mentally ill but we're we're getting away from that which is really nice mm-hmm. to say whatever happened. Yeah, whatever <laughs> happened, there's contributing factors, yes. which may or may not be mentally ill. So you can't just say, well, they're crazy. Because under that definition, yeah. we say it, and it sounds, it's, it sounds like the most obvious thing in the world, and I don't get why people don't get what I'm about to say, because we say this all the time, is under that criteria then, anyone with a mental health issue, why isn't everybody like that then mm-hmm. under that criteria? Absolutely. Like, because if mental health is the issue to why they do this, why is, because I, I guess the reason it annoys me with that attitude is because I have bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. which um, very often is like linked with like serial killers and various other things. Like I hear it all the time. Like I, I get, I really hate, to give you an obvious example, I, I, I mean, hate's a strong word. I don't mean hate in that sense. I just mean I wish they wouldn't say it. Right. In that I hear, it happens in American culture, unfortunately, on television shows, where I hear that they use it in a derogatory way. Like yes, say, they do. To say, to say, oh, they must have been bipolar, like as in it's the worst thing in the world. And, that's and it's the their fault. They did it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And right. again, as someone who deals with that every day, and I love the fact that you said it doesn't stop when you get older, because I know I've got an illness forever. It's not going to get better, um, but I can cope with it. But there's a um, huge denial in there in the, on the other side, because you know I have PTSD, and I know that in America there's a huge homelessness problems along with, with, with veterans especially. And suicide rates amongst veterans is extremely That's some of my research work. I've been yeah. doing homeless work with veterans yeah. since the 90s. Yeah. And we're seeing a uh, an increase in the population mm-hmm. of homelessness for PTSD. Mm-hmm. I notice here they don't 
uh, one of my colleagues is doing research with homeless veterans with PTSD, mm-hmm. and we kind of have the upper, we have the more uh, experience going on. Mm-hmm. My last uh, graduate tutor assistant had PTSD and he had a dog. Right. And so it's about saying, this is it, this is here, this is the support that I have, mm-hmm. and the community and the people he works with supporting them. I love that point. Mm-hmm. I love that point because I actually say with the award ceremony, well, I'll tell this, I'm going to tell the story because it was a funny thing that happened. But something that happened to that, which I wouldn't have mentioned, but I think I've said this to Ricky behind closed doors, is that um, with bipolar disorder or mental health, very often the, the first thing people go to is that they say that like they're socially awkward or socially inept or, you know, I'm, I'm a geek as well. I'm very geeky. So the idea, people think that I can't talk because I'm that way and, and I guess that's the stereotypical view of it. Yet when I was at this awards ceremony, they came to me and I wasn't aware of this. I had to do a speech. So I did a speech that I was really proud of, and I because I, I, I've done it before, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trained in it. So and I and I, I I just have a natural ability for it. But I can't tell you the amount of people that were there because it was a mental health awards ceremony. They came up to me and said, "That's the last thing I would do." Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up as an example to what you said is. Um, it, it kind of proves that st- the stereotypes aren't true. It's this, labeling. Yeah, it's labeling in a comfortable sense, yeah. Right, yeah. and it's talking about just that one thing that's one part of you. Yeah. And so I know that as a practitioner in the United States and what I try to to impart on my students is mm-hmm. that you have to look at the person in totality. It's called intersectionality. You can't separate your bipolar from the other things that you are. Mm-hmm. And so when people take that label, they're taking you out of the part out of the whole. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really unfortunate. So that's one of the things that social work practitioners do. Mm -hmm. And it's about educating the community and supporting those people. Cool. Well, um, we've unfortunately run out of time. I mean, mm-hmm. we probably went a bit too far, actually, but it was really, really fun. So we enjoyed yeah. talking to you guys. Thank you. Great um, thank but you. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Thanks, to the guys, for coming in. It's really fun. Um, I feel like I, sh- I want to be back at university mm-hmm. now. I'd like to see one of your lectures. But is it, which university is it again? Sorry, is it Northumbria North University. You're welcome to come to any of I'm an ex-Nofumbria student. I used to go there. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm sure I can get in. <laughs> Do make some phone calls. <laughs> no, you just said you can walk in. With us. I'm, I'm making it out. It's a big deal. But anyway, huge thank you guys for coming on. It's really fun talking to you, you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Um, right, what we're going to do to kind of thingy back, um, what we're going to do to make sure we get everything in, because I want to play this pre-record, is I'm going to do the pre-record now, and then we're going to come back for mental health news. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, so, just bear with me, guys. I'm just going to get it up on the thing. They're just, like, abandoning the show, and I'm not even, like, I'm they're abandoning the show doing a photo. It's, like, I feel like Howard Stern now. Anyway, while they're sorting that out, I'm going to play you guys the pre-record. So, I'm going to let you guys know what this is about. So, um, for, the, for those that are listening, um, Mick uh, was one of the judges who nominated us for our award, for the Service User Award. So, I got the, opportun- I got the opportunity to speak to him. So that's what we're going to do now. And then we're going to come back for mental health news and then a quick guest at the end. So uh, this is Mick uh, from the National Service User Award. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to uh, the uh, Service User Award uh, 2016 at Signet. Uh, and obviously, I'm here as part of Geek Populous Podcast as well as Mentally Sound Radio Show on Gravity Radio North East. And I'm delighted to say one of the men 
one of the men, or, or should I say, well, one of the group of people who decided to nominate our very show, Mentally Sound, which we obviously were really, really honoured to do so, is here to talk to me. He very kindly introduced us all on stage, so I'm here with the fabulous Mick. Hello, sir. Hi. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to her, and obviously I guess it makes sense being that we're part of uh, Mentally Sound, as he just sits and gets a dessert, is that we're here to um, ask you about, obviously we're hugely honoured that you nominated us and being part of that team, I guess the first question being that you're on our radio show is to ask you why did you pick us? Um, well, we were just really intrigued with, uh, with, the, uh, with the submission that you put in. Um, it, was, it, was, it was so different uh, to, to, to all the other submissions uh, most of the submissions come in from secure mental health services there were there were a couple in our category i don't know if you noticed which yes. which represented a wider uh, a kind of wider community and, and we just thought what you were doing was really really interesting mm-hmm. um, thought it was creative looked fun yeah um, a lot of humor in there but some you know serious topics woven in there you know anything with music running through it as a thread gets my vote anyway. I'm a very, uh, I'm a very musical person, so we just thought it was a really interesting and uh, and creative way to uh, to get a message out there. Great. What uh, what kind of music are you into? Just because I'm curious. Uh, I like all sorts of stuff. I'm very yeah. very eclectic. So I like a lot of rock music. I like ska music. I like folk music. Um, bits and pieces of, of opera and classical music. I like everything. <laughs> a big fan of Glastonbury Festival, actually. Oh, I tried, right. tried to go to Glastonbury Festival most years, although we haven't got tickets this year, disappointingly. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, anything with music weaving through it, I think, is a great way to bring people in and it's you know it's non-threatening so we just thought what you were doing was really really interesting and i'm, I'm actually like you know i guess that that's mainly made me sort of proud in the sense of you've not like that's not uh and i guess i'm speaking for everyone involved in the radio show that's that's not by accident like we actually sat there and debated long and hard about being that we're kind of like almost i guess in the realms of entertainment is that we it's it's pleased you said that there's some jokes in there and that we kind of don't take ourselves too seriously because um, I think that's kind of um, relevant. And I guess from your point of view, judging and being part of this whole process, do you do you think that's kind of the best way of getting people to be more aware of mental health and understanding it more? Do you think that's the best pro- approach? Uh, I, I do actually. Um, you know, I think there's a there's a tendency sometimes to be too serious about all this, and you know. I, we're involved with uh, nine recovering outcomes groups nationally, and yeah. uh, you know I've been involved with this probably for the last seven or eight uh, eight years, particularly in Yorkshire and the Humber. Great. And you know one of the key things in there is you know we do some good work and it's important serious stuff, but we have a laugh yeah. while we're doing it. And you know service users don't want dry, boring material. You know they want to be engaged. You know they've got enough difficulties in life. You know without somebody pouring more kind of serious heavy stuff on them so you know it's got to be it's got mm-hmm. to be light-hearted it's got to be entertaining to to pull people in so you know that that is really what well not not the only thing but one of the key things that mm-hmm. did appeal to us about what you were doing was how you know how inventive it was in that respect so mm-hmm. it, it kind of ticked with what we were cool. what we were thinking as well really and i guess because we're a media outlet i feel it's appropriate to talk about the other nominations as well because obviously from your point of view yeah. looking yeah. at them all i mean because what i liked and you touched that you've just touched on this before is the diversity of uh, the diversity yeah. of the nominations so i guess what appealed to you in relation to the other nominations and obviously the one that won um well i think the uh, the, the, the well all the nominations were very different and uh you know, I guess it was probably that difference that that that, that, that appealed across the uh, across the board. There was another um, there was another uh, nominee, uh, which was a big mental health trust uh, in Manchester, where they'd been using digital. Um, they called it digital 
patient stories. I think they, they, they called it. But you know that was uh, that was little short montages, talking heads of people you know who directly had experience of services that yeah. that week, speaking to the camera, talking about what it had been like, whether it had been good, bad, rubbish, sharing funny stories, and those you know those stories went straight back to the trust board. Yeah. So you know the, the directors, um, all the non-executive directors have direct access to that feedback. So you know again like yourselves using a bit of media in a creative way to get a to get a message across we, we you know we liked uh, we, we liked that one mm-hmm. um uh the the, the nominee that won the soapy subs car wash i mean i i thought the uh, i thought the presentation that the two guys from there did was uh, was was you know was fantastic and what we liked about that was they had worked that through from start to finish yeah and they'd managed to negotiate all the bureaucracy in the hospital with business cases and risk assessments you know raising raising you know a little bit of capital money to get to get this uh, to get this going and they've gone from a you know a tiny enterprise to to what could actually be a really successful small business out in the community mm. all that out of a secure mental health service yeah we so we actually think that's something that was it might happen with us that we might actually become self-sufficient yeah. um, you know, and, and, and the other two uh, the other two uh, uh, nominations Tuve um, up in Middlesbrough which yes. is which is almost in your path yeah not far yeah not, 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 not relatively quite, speaking but, you know, <laughs> they're generally a really good organisation yeah. for, uh, for user in, for user involvement and this this uh, Ridgeway Awards really you know just encapsulates all that it's a you know it's a big uh, a big celebration um, and the the, the, the the final nominee, the Stockton Hall, you know, the the football thing. Well, I'm a, you know, I've been a season ticket holder at Leeds United all my adult life. You know, I've suffered the ups and the slings and arrows. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, not the slings and arrows of outrageous. I just fortune. watched. I just watched an episode of Premiership years where Leeds were doing quite well, like, oh, but not okay. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, we, we've been we've been okay, right though. we've been right up there and right down there in uh, in my time. But you know. I, I, I love football, and I love yeah. what I love what it can what it can do for a community and represent for a community. So it was it was fantastic to see that again. It, you know, coming out of a secure mental health service, there was uh, you know this opportunity for for the whole hospital community to get involved with a local uh, club, not just on the playing side and in the backroom side, but you know, building up the club's website and you know taking a real active part in the clubhouse. So again, that was a that was a you know all those all all the entries were you know really inspirational. Yeah, no, which all, is all five that were it's shortlisted. Ob- yeah, it's obviously all, uh, an honour that we were nominated, and like uh, you know, as I, you're quite right in what you've just said. I mean, um, just uh, a quick segue is to say that. Um, Football and sport in general actually comes up on our show quite regularly. We've had people on talking about the impact that it has, and I used to play football growing up, so I understand the sporting element of making it easier on mental health. I guess the one question that's come up, and I interviewed Alice just before interviewing you, and the one thing that comes up that makes a lot of sense to me is is talking about... The di- like being universally service user only, and um, that's something as you would have heard in my speech. Something we did deliberated on uh, right from the offset about making it just service users only, and we and I and I was one of the people that that was against that premise because uh, I made the the metaphor of the putting up the fence when if we're the ones putting up the fence then that makes no sense where as you want everybody involved and all different aspects to be involved in it and also to have people like people like Alice from NHS England to have a chance to speak so uh, do you think the, the sort of uh, the view that we're taking on that is the is the fair one and I guess the one that makes the whole situation better for everybody um, that's a tough question which is why I ask these things. That's a tough question. I, I was going to ask you to hit the pause button so I could think about it, but I'm, I'm, I, my view is, yep. that, is that that's the right approach. Um, 
i.e. involvement doesn't just mean service users, it means it means everybody. Yes. So staff who are working services, uh, people who've got relatives who are, who are placed in services and using services, and the communities that services are based in. Um, you know, that really, to me, is the only way to break down some of the barriers and some of the and some of the stigma. So, you know. I first became involved in, uh, in, in in projects like this in Yorkshire and the Humber, mm-hmm. where we had a we had a strategy called Reaching Joint Solutions for Secure Mental Health Services, and that was very much about staff and service users working together in partnership to improve um, the experience of living in and being in services and working in services. Yeah, um, you know, so so everybody everybody gets something out of that. So you know, my my worldview is you know that's the best way to drive things on and make things better. I think the danger if it becomes a you know a, a, a service user only forum is it it, it kind of becomes political and a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a lobby group and you know that that's important you know and i think i think if you look at what's going on in government at the moment you know I don't think mental health has ever had such a priority yeah such a priority uh, in central government so you know that sort of thing's important i'm not saying it's not but i think you know i think sometimes it can alienate people yeah. So, so pulling everybody in, making it everybody's business, I think is uh, is for me that is the right way to go. So, I, you know, we love your approach. I think yeah. I think you'll hit the nail on the head with it, really. I, I just say that because it's it's strange that we obviously think it's the right it's the right approach as well, but um, we do occasionally get criticism for doing it that way, just on the premise of like, for example, you, you touched on politics, which uh, for my, my my personal podcast, Geek Apocalypse, I, I actually like actively try and avoid politics for that very reason that um, it can, as you say sort of alienate people from the purpose but as you say though it doesn't mean i guess our point i guess to generalize what you just said is to say that it's not ignoring the elephant in the room though at the same time and i think that's the problem with service users is i guess in the sense of there's nothing wrong with having people say their opinion because obviously that's important but um it doesn't happen to everybody like that all the time and to and I, i just said in relation to alice with the nhs for example the it doesn't mean that the NHS, because I have a bad story about what happened to me, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the NHS is bad on a whole or the people that are in it are bad. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the the thing that I'm concerned is, and I guess from a journalistic point of view, is to make sure we, we're not unfair in that aspect. So I guess that's the approach. Yeah. Um, I guess just because you touched on this as the final question, just quickly, is to say that you said you've been involved in this for, what was it, seven, eight years? Uh, since uh, since 2008. Uh-huh. Uh, in, in an active way, as a commissioner, mm-hmm. I've been involved in, in networks of service users and staff uh, working together to drive improvements in services so i guess the the final question is being that we're obviously at the national uh, the award uh, 2016 is to ask you what do you think the main fundamental reason for doing an award ceremony like this is for uh, i just think it's about uh, recognition of, of all the hard work that goes on in services um you know beyond what is normally expected you know the dynamic partnerships that are formed between uh, between service users and staff between organizations um, working together to, to drive things on so I think it's just a celebration of the of the whole system you know the secure mental health system has changed out of all recognition yeah. in the last eight or nine years in in the way you know people are now involved as active partners in their care journey you know they're no longer done till they're done they're done with and there's so much more creative work going on now which is really as a direct result of all this so an event like today is is really an opportunity to celebrate uh, a lot of those good things that are happening and 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 share ideas and and that kind of thing so what a great way to end Uh, all all it leads me to say on behalf of everyone on mentally sound just thank you so much for considering us and nominating us and uh thanks for talking to me much appreciated 
Hi everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound. I'm fading out the music there because we're pressed for time, so we're not going to play the music that accompanies that very track. But welcome back, obviously, to Mentally Sound at Gravity Radio Northeast. Something that I remember to forgot to add, forgot to mention as well. If you want to um, get in contact with us, it's mentallysoundradio at gmail.com and at underscore mentally sound on that tweets. And I'm at geek underscore apocalypse and you're vivid Ricky. Vivid Ricky yeah. Cool. Are you not on Twitter, Steve? No, I'm not. I don't use that. How dare I, you? I've <laughs> just got to learn how to use Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is now the section where we teach Steve how to do Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, anyway, um, he teaches us Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. it's, all, it's all good. Um, as I say, I will mention about what happened at the award ceremony later, but both quick plugs, which we mentioned because you're here and we did it at the intro. Uh, Steve was very kind enough to be on my podcast, which we highly recommend you check out. Um, it's on iTunes and on geekpocalypse.com, and uh, it was really fun, wasn't it, Steve? It was absolutely amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, Thanks yeah. And as I say, and I wasn't, but I wasn't, uh, and I almost, I almost swore there, I forgot what I was on. Ooh, I, I really, really, st- I'm glad I stopped myself. Um, is uh, I'm really not, you know, sort of lying to you guys, though, that I got a huge was- number of, like, positive Brilliant. responses like and i was the most chilled out i've been on my podcast in a while so yeah you Brilliant. guys are welcome back on anytime um, cool anyway mental health news fast yes. pace the game show yeah <laughs> well the first, i just wanted to mention an event first and then i'll go into so i've got some quite bizarre ones oh, this this one um, mental <laughs> health awareness week <laughs> For Mental Health Awareness Week, on the 21st of May at St. Gabriel's Church in Heaton, we're having an event from 11.30 till 2.30. There'll be lots of mindfulness and lots of information given. Launch pad, time to change another organisation. So signpost and come along there. Enjoyable. And now for the juicy stuff. (laughs) I don't know if you heard... That's why I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, I just wanted to go, go, come on down, like, and their prices, right? Or something, you know? The juice. Give us the juice. This one's amazing, I found. Um, there was a guy put on sleeping medication, and he actually bought himself a yak online. Oh, I know this story. Oh, what? Sorry, go on. A real live yak. Oh, a yak. He ordered a yak. Like, is that a, oh, as in yeah, the, the, the beast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just beast. thought... <laughs> the beast master. I thought, how amazing is that? But it just shows how medication can affect you. Okay, you know? so what? It's just like an impulse. You just you really want yeah, to Yeah, he did. It wasn't <laughs> until he was just about to press by. Was information on his illness and the meds he was on? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he'd had some kind of depression and he wasn't sleeping very well, so yeah. he thought it'd be a good idea if he yeah. got prescribed some, and that's the Because we effect. talked about this in the previous editorial, didn't we? We talked about when people... Their behaviour when they're online. We mentioned bipolar. Because, yeah, and bipolar we? can affect you that oh, way as we well. We mentioned this. Um, Martin Lewis, the um, the financial advisor you often see on on, on TV and radio, his new uh, initiative. Uh, I think was it money, mental health, something like that. He said that he wants to put an initiative where the the that uh, credit card companies and banks, if they show erratic behaviour online, someone use their credit yeah. card. They could potentially be, be somebody, yeah, yeah who are on a high episode and therefore can get themselves into debt because of, they're buying lots of things at the same time. Definitely, because I mean, with bipolar as well, you can go, you just get these impulses, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I've done it with depression oh, where yeah. I've had no money. Just about, I was just about you know? to say, like, um, yeah. and I, I must say, I'm getting more and more aware of it. It's like, you know, because there's certain things, you know, I, I'm, I'm very good at sort of. Um, avoiding any sort of mm-hmm. potential danger with when I'm not on a yeah. good mood but yeah. um, something that I'm a fan of doing and I actually am quite good at it is I play poker online is that if I'm exactly. ever in a bad yeah. place I literally like go away from my computer because I'm someone who will be like I just literally go ah, I, I like I want to like I, yes. I, I'm not and I'm not really a gambling person but I just it, it's not really a gambling problem it's I understand that, yeah. it's, uh, it's just literally that mm-hmm. if I'm in a bad place I'll make stupid decisions which is yeah. why 
you know, I guess... So you go off grid. That's yeah. Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because that's, that's kind of what I was leading to is mm-hmm. the, the, this idea of that most people do that with a mental health problem where they basically mm-hmm. just... That's why people kind of just hibernate in their own place and, and don't hang out because they're just concerned about what they would do. So mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a practical sense, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and like, oh, let's murder someone. Like, you know, I don't mean that. Yeah, but I mean, Stephen, I often, when, I, when I'm feeling unwell, yeah, I'll go out and I'll buy something yeah. and then I'll think to myself, what you bought that for? Mm-hmm. You know, so... Anyway, yeah, people, have, like people have that with retail therapy. Well, yeah. I mean, you say about yaks. I mean, that's just like an example of like people are like that with online shopping. But I just you know, thought like, it was a bit crazy, you know. I mean, how would you even access to buy a yak? I mean, <laughs> I know, but, yeah. but that's another story. Know, yeah, that's the more yeah. interesting part. Yeah. Of that story. Yeah. It's not that they, it's not it's not it's not that a, a depressed person bought it. It's that how do you get a yak? Yeah, yeah. You know, they were like on that. auto trade yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, it was on a, it was on the tree. And for yeah, the next, for the next one, just keeping the the American theme here. Okay. There was a guy in Amer- in Seattle in America. He spent twenty five hours in a tree, <laughs> and he pulled a few branches. This it gets better. You're wondering where I found these from, aren't you? See, but, this is why we enjoy my love, isn't it? But I must tell you what happened to this guy. Yeah, he spent. <laughs> Sorry, that was brilliant. Honestly, a sentence I never expected to be heard. Well, <laughs> his mother said, I think he's got some kind of a mental distress or a mental health problem. Um, he spent 25 hours in a tree. He pulled a few branches off and the police there have charged him with third degree assault and first degree malicious mischief. And he's been detained. His name's Cody Lee Miller. And his bail has been set at $50,000. So he actually did do a crime? This I'm is missing a, the point. Now. Well, the crime oh. they said, he pulled branches off the tree. Oh, oh right, so he, he attacked the tree. Yeah, well, when he was up there, he was <laughs> taking branches off who and obviously he, throwing them. Who uh, was his accuser? Like, uh, like the RSPCA of the trees? But, I mean, the police have charged him with third-degree assault yeah, and first-degree malicious mischief. And okay. he's now detained, $50,000 bail. <laughs> Unbelievable, I mean... Hey. I just thought I'd best do, mention do you that think, one. Like, do you no, think no, when he gets out, that, like the bushes are nervous? So, like, <laughs> they just go around the bushes like, oh, there he is, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> going to attack with. So that was that one. Oh, um, really, no, that was, honestly, yeah. that, thank you. That yeah, made me giggle okay. like a little girl. That was a gem okay. of a quote. And this one... And I must say, just, just for clarity, because yeah. there'll be some idiot who'll think this, <laughs> is uh, is we're not laughing, obviously, because of yeah. the person being distressed. It's the fact that it, just the way Steve said, oh, he was up a tree, like in the most positive way possible like a guy was in living in a tree for hours like i just love the way he said yeah, that that made me laugh it was just, i wasn't expecting it that's how that's why it was funny yeah. anyway just wanted to clarify just in case we get any bad uh, and this one mightn't be a surprise to many people but it's now a fact that most sick days in the dwp are caused by mental he- mental health issues mm-hmm. and I, I find that hardly surprising the pressure is mm-hmm. put on the staff and mm-hmm. the things that they have to cope with mm-hmm. in where sorry Doug? in the dwp all oh, right okay most of their sickness is down to mental health issues, <laughs> and yet they're it's refusing all these people pen- benefits. For those who don't know England, it's Department yeah, of Work and Pensions. Department of Work and Pensions, yeah. yeah. Which is where my brother works. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I find that quite ironic. That's a bit like, um, I always I, I know this is, a, again, a silly remark, but it's a bit like people who work at the job centre hating their job. I find that kind yeah. of ironic. <laughs> like, oh, I'm here to make you look for work. I hate my job. I hate yeah. I hate making you help look for work. Because <laughs> like, yeah. be, be... a lot of them have to go to have, like, personal statistics that they have to, like, maintain and up, you know, um, mm. a very kind of robotic way of of doing that job. And I'm not surprised that they get affected by it. And it can't be enjoyable, yeah. you know. Especially cool. dealing with vulnerable yeah. cases. Anyway, you got a real quick one? Yes, I've got a real quick one. Um, the one I'll choose is... 
self-harms rising amongst men because they see themselves as the breadwinners and with that much unemployment and it's hard to gain employment now, they feel like their role is being taken away from them. But I thought about that one and I thought, you know, women like to have equal rights, so... Mm. Should it not be as much the woman's job? Is that what is that what women expect or men expect? Yeah, that's the thing. I thought it was a bit unusual. More and more, there's more and more um, examples of house husbands now, isn't there? Yeah, where the the husband stays at home and the female goes out to work. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. That was okay. fun. Thanks. Uh, just very quickly, just because, uh, uh, Steve, do you fancy getting us an award? Oh, wait, no. That didn't happen. Uh, just really quickly before we got our final guest, if you mind going and getting the guest. Thanks, Steve, for the Thanks, mental Steve. health news. Obviously, it was much. awesome. Um, yeah, so Steve's going to get the final guest because we got like literally a few minutes. But very quickly, I'll do the short version. So, mental, mentally sound, as our guest has taken the seat. So, mentally sound uh, was nominated for a National Service User Award, which we obviously did two pre-records mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I went down to Silverstone Circuit in Northamptonshire, yeah, and that's uh, that is Ricky, not a Formula One car for those that you may have been fooled. And yeah, so um, one of the one of the things, so we went there under the assumption that we'd won. So I get there. It's a fifty-hour. It's a fifty-pound taxi fare from the train station to my hotel. Then, then to Silverstone Circuit, which takes ages to get round. I sit down, and uh, they they then ask me to do a speech, which I wasn't told. And to cut a long story short, we, I was sitting there and sitting there, and I'm I'm like going around bragging, going, "Oh look at this, losers! We've won, we've won." We get up, uh, they announce the award, and we don't win. So we spent all that time, <laughs> uh, all that money and effort going down mm-hmm. uh, to say we got an award that we didn't that we didn't win, mm-hmm. and not only that, the worst mm-hmm. awards ceremony in the history of the world because we found out uh, that there were certain numbers of shows that were sponsored by the very show that were running it. So that uh, that's as much as I can say on the show. But um, the reason I mentioned. The podcast I did with Steve and Ricky is I actually tell the full unedited version of that story. So listen to that podcast. Yes, so that's it. That's an that's an incentive to cross promote and yeah. to listen to my personal podcast, Geek Apocalypse, on iTunes. Um, but yes, uh, let's just so a little disappointing, mm. Ricky. Uh, I mean, what was your response when you found out we didn't win? Because I actually texted you straight after that happened. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that on Twitter, I got responses. People going. Wait what? <laughs> Wait, so you texted like, on the train. Yeah, yeah. It was like everybody. I like told everybody we'd won. It was like the the thing of where you have to send a text going. Mm. We didn't win, guys. Mm. Even though we got told. But anyway, uh, we're very pressed for time. So sorry it took so long. Um, I, oh, my, uh, Ricky Adler. <laughs> <laughs> my notes fell down. I was like, uh, what the hell's going on? Uh, okay. So yes. Um, uh, Alana, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Got it right. Yeah. Alana, um, is it okay for you to say, say, say your surname? Because it has been two hours, I apologise. Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay to say your surname? Because we asked that before we start. Yes, okay, cool. it's fine. Alana Mitchell. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, so you had to talk about um, Opera Helps. Yeah. Which is a really cool idea. I was, I was told about it in the green room before you got here and I was like, that sounds like a really cool idea. So for those that don't know what that is, can you describe what it is? In a um, yeah, so Opera Helps project that um, I've been involved in that is, has been running since February. February and March it's been live and we've been mm-hmm. travelling... Uh, around the country and it's a project so it's called opera helps um and the concept of it is that anyone who has a problem that they're 
they self-identify what that problem is. We're not, we're not, we're not yeah. judging, judging the... Um, doesn't matter what problem. doesn't matter what the problem is. It's a wide range. It could be from bereavement to personal... Yeah, good. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just distress, I yeah. guess, yeah. Yeah, anything that's bothering you that you feel yeah. like that this is would be appropriate and you feel like it would be a nice thing to have, yeah. um, you call us up or email and um, book a slot and then we send an opera singer around to your house. And that, that opera so singer, cool. And the opera singer... Can... Even if you're not distressed, can you just boot the money away? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've said there's no problem too small. So there are some, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. interesting things that people have wanted to talk about. I but mean, the, is it just opera? Because I just, I, again, this is just me and my silliness, is that I had this idea... I know that, where he's going with this. Yeah, so. I know. It's yeah. Just, I just, I, I said this when, I, when, when we first got pitched that you were coming on and I yeah. was like in the meetings going, how great would it be if you just had a person and come around and get like open you like you said oh the, the doors open and just open the front door go the heels are alive like I just that would be like I don't know why I found that so fun but I don't know well, that would jam me up anyway I guess that well, was plugging well, your thing <laughs> well the um the idea is that you talk about your problem whatever you you want to talk about for a little bit first with yes. with the singer and so they're professionally trained opera singers so they'll have like a repertoire of arias that they cool sing and they'll choose one and they sort of will talk to you about why they think that aria in particular speaks to your problem yeah mm-hmm. they're not trying to cure you <laughs> no just or make anything you feel like, better, yeah they're just it's some but it's very the thing about opera and as someone who's not really an opera buff uh at all uh that i hadn't appreciated quite until i first experienced it is that opera it's not just about what the song mm-hmm. is it's about how it sounds mm-hmm. and if you have an opera singer that comes into your living room you like get like and the soon as they open their mouth you're sort of blown away mm-hmm. because the volume yeah. just sheer volume of the sound the first mm-hmm. time i heard it i actually put my fingers in my ears because my eardrums were ringing and it's just with the power of their voice so it's not just about well, these like real soprano type well they're things. well they're across the spectrum right. so sopranos mezzos right. if they're Mm-hmm. Okay. females tenor, tenors baritone bass so I have a couple of more minutes because we're really pressed for time so I just yeah. sorry but I just wanted to ask because I guess I'm intrigued because you said it's not your thing or you kind of hinted at that is that how why, how did you become involved in this in the first place like so what, where did I, the idea come from this was originally from Sweden isn't it was it was no, so the artist who's the quick version if you can the, <laughs> the artist who um, came up with the idea is called Joshua Safair and he's mm-hmm. based in he lives in London mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of information. It's all on the website. It's called operahelps.com. Yeah. Cool. So I run a company called Wonderbar, yeah. which is, you can look at that. It's also yeah, wonderbar.org.uk, and we produce lots of different art projects. Mm-hmm. So this project is one it, yeah. that we are producing. Mm-hmm. So And really Joshua great. did it first in Sweden. Mm-hmm. He had a residency with an oh, opera okay. house in Sweden a few right. years ago. He cool. developed the project. This yeah. is the first time it's been in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we've got... Um, three dates at the end of may 27th 28th 29th and there are slots available and people can call us up uh, book through that operahelps.com site and if they want to book a slot or even if they just want to if they like what i don't understand what you're talking about can you tell us a bit more it sounds weird is it confidential is it you know all of the things that are that you might want to ask questions (laughs) i don't want an opera singer on my bank account so could you please yeah well (laughs) it's free it's free it's free i'm not aware of that okay it's free but it's also but it's also i'm not i'm monitoring (laughs) well you'd be welcome but well both of you uh as anyone that let's book one for the next mentally sound show and just get them to sit in the corner and wherever we need a 
pause. Is it 30 <laughs> minutes each performance? It's roughly? it's roughly 30 minutes because wow. what we're allowing... It's not that the performance is 30 minutes. Yeah. It's that there's time for you to talk with the singer. And they're trained. And they're specially trained to listen cool. and talk to you about Great your problem. Idea. And then sing. And cool. so, yeah, so that's that's the project. Oh, awesome. I'm sorry we're, like, we're really pressed for time. We've had a hugely packed show, so I'm glad I managed to get the opportunity mm. to talk to you because it was really it's fun. Pleasure. Um, very quickly, just we've got like 30 seconds, just ver- just for you to say, where can we find you? Are you on Twitter, on the Twitterverse? Or yeah, I am. The I am. My name, Ilana Mitchell. So I'm at Ilana Mitchell. Wonderbar's at We Are Wonderbar. Mm-hmm. Um, Opera Helps is on operahelps.com, wonderbar.org.uk. Awesome. All my little right. things. Our, our, we're being flashed on the computer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we've got 30 seconds left. So thank you so much for coming in. Um, as I say, um, you're welcome back anytime and that was really fun. Uh, as I say, I really like the premise. Uh, all you me to say... We should get a singer on. Uh, yeah, we sure, should. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's finish this in an operatic sense, uh, Ricky. Oh, no, <laughs> I know he hasn't got a voice. Anyway, huge thank you to everyone that's been on. There's too many to mention. We have 10 seconds left. So all that leaves me to say. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks you. For being on. Great show. Thank you everyone for listening to Mentally Sound. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes and we'll see you Podcast very soon. Very soon. Yeah, for the next week's show. Bye. Bye.